1: Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube. A trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential.
2: Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. On the programme we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Covid level 5 restrictions continue and there's an appeal to the farming community to play their part. We look at the do's and don'ts of early nitrogen application which may help guide your decisions. A new joint program's been agreed between Tagusk and North Cork Creameries and their milk suppliers. We discussed the nitrates derogation in twenty twenty one, BDGP deadlines, and how farmers can contact their Tagisk advisors in the current lockdown. The Forest Owners Cooperative Society has pinpointed inordinate delays in the issue of timber felling licenses. And Farm Talks John O'Connor will look at stories making the agri news this week.
3: It's important that the farming community would play its part in reducing COVID-19, according to a statement from the nation's largest farm organisation, the IFA. IFA President Mr Tim Cullen has appealed to the farming community to be extra vigilant in curbing the spread of COVID-19. He said the country finds itself in a very fragile situation, with public health officials expressing serious concern about the level of community transmission. He is asking everyone to limit their contacts and do everything possible to reduce the threat of infection. Mr Cullinan said keeping the food chain going was essential. He would encourage all farmers to review their protocols for interacting with their service providers and also to strengthen controls where necessary. He pointed out the entire community and sector had been very successful last March in delivering a steady supply of food for supermarket shelves and the IFA wants to keep that going during the current Level 5 period. The IFA president also reminded farmers the IFA had developed a Plan B document in the event that a farmer contracted Covid-19 and somebody had to take over the running of the farm at short notice. Mr Codown said the Plan B document can be checked out at the website www.ifa.ie That's www.ifa.ie all lowercase. Each farmer should update any details that may have changed since they first completed the Plan B document if they've done so. Tim Cullin alerted farmers to an initiative from FBD and supported by the IFA and FRS to financially assist farm customers affected by a COVID-19 diagnosis. Upon diagnosis, and if a farmer is unable to work, an FRS Farm Relief Service voucher of €500 will be provided to assist in keeping farms operational. In the meantime, the IFA president asked members to keep in touch with neighbours who may need assistance in coming weeks. He said a quick phone call to check if anything is needed could be very important and
2: might be very well received. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Cork Cooperative Marts took a decision to defer all Mart sales over the past week in light of the current Covid situation. Sales in Bandon, Skibbereen, McCroom, Kerr, Corran, and Dungarvan were deferred. The decision was made for the week just gone only. Management hoped to resume business next week. They say the decision was taken in the best interest of its stakeholders and staff. Irish Farmers Journal report Cantorque Mart was among many to postpone sales, pushing out by a week to Tuesday, January 12th. Mart manager there, Seamus O'Keefe, said with all the uncertainty and rising cases, they decided to not go ahead and so postpone the first sale of the year. ICOS has reminded farmers that while they can book time to view stock in large areas before sales, all marts are operating a drop-and-go system and that compulsory mask-wearing and social distancing is in place in all marts. Farmers struggling with unmanageable farm debt or mortgage arrears have been told there is a possible solution and they're being invited to take part in a private virtual webinar to be held on Thursday, January 14th. The team of Gary Digney of accountants PKF, FPM and Barrister Keith Ferry, who have recorded several high-profile judgment and decisions against so-called vulture funds, will explain their approach and outline the fundamentals of a recourse that is being seen as giving much more positive options to farmers in these invidious positions. The event's being administered by ICMSA and will be chaired by the Association's President, Pat McCormack. Anyone interested in participating in the webinar is invited to email info at icmsa.ie and register in advance of next week's event, which will be private, so as not to breach the confidentiality of participants. Next on the programme, we're looking at the do's and don'ts of early nitrogen application. Some important fertiliser guidelines have been set out in the Tagus Dairy Gold feature in this month's Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine. Farm talks. John O'Connor has been studying the article. So can we look at some of the main findings which should guide decisions around early nitrogen application?
3: Looking first at weather. Check weather forecasts prior to making N fertiliser applications and the weather forecasts available on www.mess.ie or lowercase. Only apply N when soil temperature is greater than 5 degrees centigrade and rising. So which fields
2: should be targeted for the early end?
3: Target fields that are most likely to respond to an early end application, such as perennial ryegrass or recently reseeded fields, drier free-draining fields, fields with a grass cover of greater than 400 kgs of DM dry matter per hectare or 6 cm of grass, fields with optimum soil fertility, that is to say with good P&K status.
2: And John, what about incorporating cattle slurry as a part replacement for chemical fertiliser?
3: The Chagas recommendation is to replace chemical end fertiliser on approximately a third of the farm with cattle slurry. Target slurry applications to fields with low P&K levels and low grass covers, 2,500 gallons per acre, by low emission application that will supply 20 units an acre of available nitrogen.
2: So could we summarise the other do's recommended by Tagusk in the January 2021 Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine?
3: Use a protected urea NBPT for early N applications. Apply up to 30 kgs of N per hectare, 24 units of N per acre in first split in late January or early February and avoid fields that have received an application of cattle slurry. List your early N application strategy with the spring feed budget for the farm. And the final do, do calibrate and maintain your fertiliser spreader in good condition. This one's going to refer to www.pbi.ie for chagas guidance on the application of early N, the do's and the don'ts.
2: And if we were to summarise the don'ts of the early N application.
3: Don't apply fertiliser N before the end of prohibitive spreading period, Table 1. Never apply fertiliser on waterlogged or frozen soils. Don't apply fertiliser if a yellow rainfall warning is in place or is forecast within the next 48 hours. Never apply fertiliser into buffer margins and know your buffer margins. Delay N on bare fields. Instead, spread on fields with 6 centimetres of grass growth, cover of 400 kgs of dry matter dm per hectare or greater. Don't apply fertiliser N on fields that receive slurry in the first round. Don't apply more than 30 kgs of N per hectare. 24 units of N per acre, in first split in late January and early February. And finally, don't uh, apply more than 90 kgs of N per hectare, slurry and chemical N combined, in total to early April Table 2.
2: We've covered quite a number of do's and don'ts there for the early N application.
3: That's correct, Barry. All of the points we've covered are available in even greater detail on the following website, www.pbi.ie. And they're available on the joint Chagas Dairy Gold information page in the January 2021 issue of Milk Matters magazine.
2: And I understand the Dairy Gold Agri Spring Fertiliser Recommendations in respect of slurry and chemical fertiliser and sodium application, are also tabulated in Milk Matters with the TAGUS guidelines.
3: That's correct, Mary. Listeners may wish to discuss the Dairy Gold Agri Spring Fertiliser Recommendations with the inside Sales Team at Dairy Gold, following phone number 022-31644, or your Dairy Gold Local Area Sales Manager or Branch agri lead. The number again, that's 022-31644.
2: A new joint programme has been agreed between Tagusk, North Cork Creameries and their milk suppliers. The joint programme will focus on improving farm profitability through better grassland management, improved nutrient management planning, breeding and nutrition. The target is to have 40 milk supplier participants in the farm profitability programme from the North Cork Creamery catchment area, which covers County Cork and Kerry. Magella Maloney of Tagusk is one of the coordinators of the programme and explains to Farm Talk what it's all about
4: yeah look we're delighted um, to be to be working alongside north cork creameries and their milk suppliers i suppose we went into negotiations and talks with um north cork earlier in the in the year and um we decided that it would be a good idea to maybe get more structure around the program we i suppose we're working they they have four different catchments within the um within the north cork creameries two of them are based in Kerry and obviously two of them are based in cork We've Kentork and Cullen and Cork and Fieldsbridge and Newton, Sands and Kerry. And we would be dealing with, um, the Chagos advisors would be dealing on the ground with a lot of these milk suppliers. Um, So we thought it would be a good idea to put a little bit more structure around um, and and working through a joint programme with these milk suppliers. The a three-year programme and the overall aim of the programme was to increase um, milk solids with a target of 10% by the end of the programme for each of the participating milk suppliers.
2: And how do you see the programme being rolled out?
4: There's 40 milk suppliers um, and they were randomly selected. Uh, based on their milk solids for the year 2019. Those 40 milk suppliers, we are broken down into 10 for each of the four catchments. We have 10 in Kentork, 10 in Cullen, 10 in, 10 in Bridge and 10 in Newtown Sands. And the programme um, is made up of, um, it's focusing really on farm profitability um, and through better use of grassland management, improved nutrient management planning um, breeding and nutrition are going to come into that as well. So the programme will roll out in January with an on-farm visit free to those forty participants. We have to ensure that we're we're COVID compliant there as well from farm visits and um, um, but hopefully that we'll be able to get out onto on farm visits or through Zoom calls in January. We'll walk into four workshops for each of the ten participants within the, the catchment areas. They will attend four workshops. And there will be a final uh, one-to-one farm visit at the end of the year. And that will continue for the three years of the programme with the 40 participants as we go through the programme. Um, there's an advisor, a chogus advisor, that um, will be uh, supporting the 10 farmers in each of the catchment areas. So you'll have the two advisors in the Kentork office, Maura and Neil O'Sullivan. And you have the two um, Chogus advisors in the Listole office. Nyli Kearns and John Paul Linehan, um along obviously with the co-op agri-advisor Darren DC that will lead out the programme on the ground with the, with the farmers.
2: And when you went about selecting the farmers, what kind of an interest did you get from them?
4: Um, I suppose that was really done by the co-op itself. Um, but I suppose the knowledge is on the ground there between the local Chalk advisor um, and the local co-op advisor. The interest was quite good. Obviously, there was a, you know there was questions asked as to what was my participation going to be in it, and what was I going to get out of it, and you know would we have to open up the farm to open days, or would people be coming onto the farms? You know all the usual questions that farmers have about these programs. But in general, it has been some some farmers obviously you know it wasn't it, they weren't in the in the right space at that point in time and maybe a program down the road would suit them better and that's fine too but in general the participation has been very good the uptake of the program has been excellent because we've been able to capture the the target number of farmers that we had
2: that means um, that you have all your yeah you have all your farmers in place now to participate in the program
4: yes yes, yes.
2: just in terms of the the covid situation how might that impact magella on the plan
4: well at the moment and the, the plan was for January, between January and February I suppose look it, it was really to get out and visit these farmers, these forty farmers. Some of them we would be we would be quite familiar with because the local advisors um would they would have been long term clients um with the local advisors. Um some we wouldn't be that familiar with. The plan was to get out on farm in early January um and February uh, before calving would start obviously. Um at the moment, I suppose, look, that's going to be on hold for the moment. In some cases, farmers won't want us out there. Um August, we have essential visits only, the fact that we're in a level five. But look, hopefully, you know, maybe two, three weeks' time, um, things will pick up again and we will be able to um, to get out onto the farms. Um, for essential farm visits, with COVID-compliant, we can get out. Uh, once, obviously, we, we abide by all the COVID Regulations in relation to wearing masks and social distancing out on the farm, and obviously you don 't go near the farm office or the actual farm farmhouse it 's all out in the open
2: and will there be regular updates then on the progress being made right through the
1: program
4: yeah we 're hoping um, our communication method would be we would go out to um, the the website the Chugas, our own Chagas website norcock obviously have a newsletter as well and we will give um, updates regularly on that and as well as our social media methods both through Twitter and Facebook um, and Instagram. Uh, we would also be um, planning that we would each year of the three-year program that we will have, um, there will be an open day um, on one of the farms um, and that would be open to the the, the wider milk suppliers. Along with uh, the general public as well to attend and um, to see the, I suppose, the progress that's, that's been made throughout the programme.
2: And we look forward to hearing about that progress. The new joint programme agreed between Tagus North Cork Creameries and their milk suppliers. Magella Maloney, they're one of the coordinators. IFA Sheep Committee Chair Sean Dennehy says lamb prices have pushed on this week, driven by tight supplies and strong market demand. Supermarket lamb sales have performed strongly throughout the COVID controls, with volumes and prices going up, and the trend expected to continue as restrictions continue. IFA is advising farmers to continue to sell lambs as they become fit, but to sell hard and maximise returns, with up to 15 cent a kilogram of a difference in prices being offered by the factories. Which brings us nicely to our next topic on sheep husbandry. A few weeks back, we reflected on the sheep sector in 2020 with Michael Gottstein of Tagusk, who gave a favourable review at year's end. We continue our discussion now on sheep topics. And I asked Michael about the lifespan of a ram. Many in Ireland don't have long, productive lives and how we can improve on this.
5: One of the things that came to light uh, recently, we were having a a couple of discussions about this in-house, and is, you know, the, the... the longevity of rams on Irish sheep farms, and there's lots of different um, people in the industry that have taken guesses on how long rams last. Um, and you know, somewhere it's probably somewhere between kind of one and a half to three years is the productive lifespan of a ram. It's hard to get really concrete information on that. Um, but one of the things that's come out of that really is that our ram costs are quite high. Um, if we look at the, the the sheep census from the Department of Agriculture. Our yo to ram ratio in Ireland is around 30 to 1. So we have uh, one ram for every 30 yards. Um, and if we take a productive lifespan of somewhere around, you know, between two and three years, uh, and depending on the price of the ram uh, when you buy them, you know, our cost of, of ram cost per lamb produced is, is actually quite high. It can be in the region of somewhere, you know, three, four, five euros, which is, you know, it's a, it's a big figure. It's probably not what most people think. Um, so I think for people now, uh, that are listening uh, the important thing is uh, when you're finished mating and you're pulling in the rams um, look after them and i think that's the, the the real message that we need to get out there is rams if they've been active will have lost a lot of weight in the last kind of five to six weeks of mating up to 15 to 20 percent of their body weight Um really from now on the amount of weight gain that those rams will put back on on grass outside is is very little because the the power isn't in the grass at this time of the year. Grass is very wet, and on a lot of farms, grass will be short as well. It will be in short supply, and even what they're grazing will be short grass. So that that has a negative impact on their intake. Um, So really we're saying, you know, pull in your rams, give them a good uh, health check. You know, if they're lame, make sure you get on top of that, treat them, identify what the cause is and treat them. Uh, um, If they need, need parasite control, so liver fluke is Probably an issue everywhere, really, this year, um, except on maybe the driest farms. You know, they all need a fluke dose, and that needs to be a dose that's effective against immature fluke, not just adult fluke. And then for ram lambs, they need a warm dose as well. The the adult rams probably don't need a warm dose, but the ram lambs definitely need a warm dose. So those are kind of on the health side of things. And then feeding, we need to feed the rams. And the reason why lots of rams don't make it until next year, is because we don't put that condition back on them. You know, farmers are very, very good at looking after rams in the run-up to mating, um, but often they can be a little bit forgotten maybe uh, in the winter time, You're busy minding yews and feeding cows and, and, you know, maybe the rams are in a haggard or a paddock or a field somewhere down the road and um, really we need to be uh, making sure that they're putting on weight, uh, recovering that weight that they've lost so that they can overwinter um, and make it to next year in good fettle and for ram lambs that's probably feeding a bit of meal for any thinner rams that you have in the flock you know we're talking about probably a little bit of meal as well just to build up that condition if we don't have grass we need to be giving them either hay or silage um, you know, to build them up uh, as
2: well. They need something to eat like, yeah. Michael Gothstein of Tagusk and we'll continue our discussion on sheep topics in the programme next week.
3: Animal Health Ireland in conjunction with Tagusk are organising a special calf care virtual week 18th of January to 21st of January 2021. AHI, Animal Health Ireland and Chagask are working together in January to run their annual series of calf care events. This time they are going virtual and covering a wider range of topics relating to calf health. Calf Care Virtual Week runs from Monday, January 18th, 2021 and comprises a combination of webinars, videos, podcasts and supporting newspaper articles. Starting on Monday, 18th of January, Today's topics include a focus on calf housing and preparing for the calving season. Questions answered by a panel of speakers from AHI and Chagas experienced in the area of calf health in a live webinar at 7.30pm on Monday 18th of January. Wednesday 20th of January, topic of the day, vaccination of the pregnant cow and common diseases of the young calf. Questions answered by a panel of speakers from AHI and Chagask experienced in the area of calf health, and that's a live webinar at seven thirty PM Wednesday twentieth of January. Tuesday nineteenth of January, topic of the day video clips and podcast on the one two three steps of colostrum management, colostrum quality and managing Yone's disease at calving. And Thursday, 21st of January, topic of the day video clips and podcasts on the guidelines for calf feeding, milk, and concentrate feed into the diet of the younger calf. And all of that available in greater detail on the back page of the Dairy Gold Klein Magazine Milk Matters January 2021 issue. That's Animal Health Ireland and Chagas Calf Care Virtual Week, 18th to 21st of January. 2021 Videos will be released each day through social media and on the AHI Animal Health Ireland and Chagas websites For Animal information animalhealthireland.ie and chagas.ie John O'Connor for Farm Talk
0: It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze
2: Next on Farm Talk, our weekly Tagusk advisory. And Tom Curran, regional manager at West Cork, joins us for the first of two parts in relation to very relevant topics at this time. First today, we look at nitrates derogation in 2021, BDGP deadlines. But first, how farmers can contact their Tagusk advisors in the current lockdown.
6: So, look, I suppose all our staff are working, um, working from home, predominantly so you know all our staff our offices can be contacted at the usual numbers and the advisors can be contacted directly by mobile just i suppose in terms of paper we, we would try and encourage people maybe to email uh to use email more um you know to email farmers uh, the advisor directly um especially uh, one of the other topics i'm going to mention is the the nitrates derogation paperwork that has to be sorted between now and the end of the march that that maybe email might be the favoured option there if we can at all you know
2: the The message is that Tagusk is there to help and advise as always, but it's a, a little different way of doing it at this time again, Tom.
6: Yeah, a little bit different, and, and absolutely, we're we're there to advise and support people. Look, COVID is very difficult, and everybody in every every age group of people, um, you know, and we would have seen last year that um, it was particularly difficult for for farmers, maybe that were living alone, and um, uh, but also for farmers that mightn't be living alone that are very very busy on the farm and um, you know that they're. Social interaction is is low. So look we're there at the end of the phone and more than happy to to talk people and take talk to people and take take their calls and and help them with their technical queries and and scheme queries and so on as well.
2: A few topics important at this time of the year. The deadline for the Beef Data Genomics Program, BDGP, as we know it. Is that looming top?
6: It is. It is. The the Minister for Agriculture announced the rollover of a lot of the schemes, including GLOSS. BGDP and others of the organic scheme before Christmas there. Um, but the deadline for this one is the 15th of January. Um, and a text did go out before um, Christmas, but it's important for farmers to realise that when they're sent a text by the Department of Agriculture, there's there's a three-day limit um, to reply to that text so that it so that is active. So we're encouraging farmers to to reply to that text. Um, and this, this is the thing that causes difficulty for a lot of farmers is that the, you must reply D-A-F-M space Y. Um, so, you know, use the space bar. And with the older Nokia mobile phones, that can be very difficult, and a lot of farmers still have those. Um, but if you want to continue in the scheme and roll over for another year um, and, you know, continue with the same measures that you adopted, that's what you need to do um, to do that. So look, we're also... If, if any farmers have any difficulty with that, to, to give us um, give, give the officer, the advisor, a ring um, and they can help them through it. So just to alert people that the Department of Agriculture intend to send a second text out, they will send a second text next week. So we're going to send a text there to all our own farmers to, to alert them to those texts going out. And
2: the requirements for farmers then applying for the nitrates derogation in 2021, you referred to that there a little earlier on. This is a key one too
6: it is look this time of the year the deadline for this is the 31st of march and of course a lot of people say that's three months away have loads of time um but there's a huge amount of work in, in in i suppose doing three essential jobs for the people that are applying for derogation the first is um completing the records that need to be submitted to the department of agriculture for the use of feed and fertilizer in in 2020 um but also to plan to update the plan, the the, the the I suppose the nutrient management plan or the derogation plan with stock numbers and also slurry storage um is a big one that Farmers that are applying for nitrates derogation in this part of the world must have sixteen weeks slurry storage for the for the animals that they've carried over the winter that we're in at the moment, so then all of those need to be checked um so there's three jobs i suppose to to complete the records for last year to update the plan for twenty twenty one and also to apply for the derogation um for twenty twenty one as well um so that that's a derogation to farm at a stocking rate of over one seventy kilos of organic nitrogen per hectare now there's a couple of new measures that have come in and this is uh, may have been mentioned in previous programs but it's worth mentioning again Um, as of the 1st of january there are new measures in place that that are going to impact on farmers so um, not just farmers that are applying for a derogation, but basically farmers that had a grassland stocking rate last year. Um, so what that is, it's the total number of stock that you had divided by your your grassland area in hectares. Um, and those measures are that watercourses or water bodies must be fenced 1.5 meters from the top of the bank. So if you have watercourses at the moment that are unfenced, they need to be fenced. The big thing for a lot of dairy farmers especially but also um, maybe dry stock farms is farm roadways and you know their farm roadways for stock and for machinery that the camber on those or the slope on those must be sloped away from water bodies or drains and um, so that's going to involve quite a bit of work of resurfacing uh, roadways and maybe putting in channels to divert water into fields and into paddocks um, and the third element there is that the water trucks uh, must be 20 meters away from any watercourse so that might involve moving a water cro- a truck from the edge of a roadway or um you know ne- near a stream to the middle of a paddock or, or certainly 20 meters away um, so that's the, the 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 final one in that then is crossing of watercourses so if a lot of farmers would have cattle that cross over um maybe a watercourse to to another paddock or another field um, and that has to be fenced at both sides of the stream so that they can they cross over and there's a back fence that they can't cross back into the stream uh, when, you, when you're gone off doing your jobs and, and they're there for the day or whatever. So those measures, um, even people who are exporting flurry before Christmas there to to remain under 170 have to adopt those measures. So it's, it, that's really important. Um, just a final point on, on these would be that the, the soil sampling um so, you know, we're coming quickly to the twelfth of January. Um, so from the thirteenth of January onwards, um if ground conditions and, and weather conditions allow farmers can begin to spread slurry again. Um and uh this soil sampling, if you need to do soil samplings for your derogation plan, that needs to be done um in the next week or so. Um because really soil sampling you won't get an accurate reading of your phosphate and potash levels in and in the soil if the soil sampling uh, isn't done at least two months after the last slurry application. So so the, really the, the window on that is narrowing quickly. Um, just in terms of uh, going back a little bit to COVID and with staff working at home, um, we would encourage farmers to use uh, email um, maybe to, to if they could request the their fertiliser and feed statements from the co-ops and merchants, uh, by email, and they can forward those on to the advisor by email as well, and it just avoids maybe with COVID uh, people handling more paper um, uh, going forward. We'll say, no, look, that won't be possible for a lot of people, and they can still obviously drop um, drop them in an envelope into the into the office letterbox um, or, or in the post to us.
2: Tom Curran there, Regional Manager, Tagusk West Cork. Tom will join us again on the Wednesday night programme, where we'll be looking at some very relevant topics at this time.
3: Starting in January 2022, tighter mandatory controls on the use of antibiotics will be brought in in animal health remedies to help counter AMR, antimicrobial resistance, which poses a threat to human and animal health. Selective dry cow therapy will be one measure coming into effect in January 2022. In the lead up to looming tidal EU controls, farmers are being recommended to familiarise themselves with the various categories of animal health remedies which will be restricted. In the January 2021 issue of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine, Dr. Doreen Corridon, Munster Cattle Breeding, tabulates the specific categories of antibiotics which farmers should resolve to try and stop using in 2021 in preparation for the measures coming into effect in 2022. Dr. Corridon also tabulates which categories are already restricted under the One Health concept, the One Health concept links the safer use of antibiotics in the fight to avert AMR, antimicrobial resistance, to medicines and treatments of humans as well as domestic animals. AMR, antimicrobial resistance, can spread between animals, humans and the environment and is perceived by the veterinary profession as a growing threat. The key points in Dr Coridan's extensive colour-coded feature on antibiotics are Firstly, to ensure that in 2021 antibiotics will continue to work on our farms through correct use. To reduce the need for antibiotics on farms in general. To get to know the categorisation of antibiotics and their correct use accordingly. Full details in the January 2021 issue of the Dairy Gold magazine Milk Matters. Cork County was amongst the counties in the country which continued to maintain the biggest number of suckler herds in 2019. Other counties with large numbers of suckler herds were Clare, Galway, Mayo, Donegal and Roscommon. Department of Agriculture, AIM, Animal Identification, Movement System figures show there was a drop of only 1% in circular calf registrations between 2019 and 2020. It's been projected that circular numbers would decline up to the year 2030 as a result of measures to reduce emissions and the carbon footprint. Our national carbon emission generation, attributed mainly to agriculture, has exceeded EU targets from 2016 to 2018 inclusive. Meanwhile, there's concern that beam scheme applicants who will not meet bovine nitrogen reduction targets for periods 1st of July 2018 to 30th of June 2019 inclusive and 1st of July 2020 to 30th of June 2021 may have to pay back money to the department. BEAM scheme applicants should seek clarification of their current situation and take action if necessary to ensure compliance and avoid having to repay money to the department. The average payment made under the Beam Scheme was two thousand two hundred and sixty five euro. Up to eight thousand Irish farmers should seek confirmation that they'll be fully compliant for the reference periods first of july twenty eighteen to thirtieth of june twenty nineteen and first of july twenty twenty to thirtieth of june twenty twenty one. Figures have emerged, showing that Irish beef exports to the United Kingdom dropped by only 3% in 2020, despite the virus situation and all the Brexit uncertainty. The new lockdown, too, may create a retail surge in demand for beef and other produce for home-cooked meals, as dining in restaurants is hit. Live cattle exports, the field trade, were down by over 30,000, or 10%, In 2020, due to the impact of COVID-19, but live exports to Northern Ireland and to Libya increased in 2020.
2: John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John. The Forest Owners Cooperative Society, FOCS, represents private forest owners in County Cork and beyond and has pinpointed inordinate delays in the issue of timber felling licences, an issue that we've dealt with regularly on the programme over the past year. The Society is also calling for urgent action to tackle and control the spread of ash dieback disease. These are the two greatest issues facing members at this time, according to the Forest Owners Cooperative Society. In the first of two interviews on Farm Talk, I'm speaking to Dr. Catherine O'Donoghue, Chief Executive, FOCS, about the licence issue in relation to timber felling.
7: As we enter into 2021 in the Forest Donors Co op, we're in the position of looking at resolve rather than sort of uh, looking at any individual aspect. Now, when it comes to felling licenses, and and we've heard a lot about sort of felling licenses and the lack of them on the ground, and that is the case, and we are in a case of crisis. But felling licenses or the getting out of felling licenses on its own is not the entire answer. We have to be looking at moving the felling licenses. We have to be looking at a process of communication with the working arms of the uh, Forestry Service and um, government officials in the Department of Agriculture. Um, and that means that it's a package. It's a package of resolve issues and solutions. And this is what we are sort of aiming to sort of progress with over the next couple of months. And we have, at this point in time, I suppose, made some inroads into... Um, you know, looking at sort of where a number of forest owners are on the system, um, whether they're two years or three years or six months or nine months uh, on the system, and trying to, in cooperation and consultation with the Forestry Service, um, move the ones which are in the two- to three-year bracket.
2: And the backlog Um, that is there, Catherine, is it a serious backlog still, or have we made any ground?
7: We are making ground. It is slow and sure, but we are making ground. Um, But there are a number of cogs in the wheel. Now, the system doesn't go unless you have oil on it. That means, like, yes, you need the environmental section and the whole ecology section working in line, with the Forestry Service, and with ourselves on the ground. And this is the process that we've put in place. And we have been successful in getting out some licences in 2020. And we hope that we can progress this to another level in 2021, particularly in the first three months here of 2021. So what we're saying to growers this morning is that if you have a felling licence then, and if we're not aware of it at this moment in time, please get in touch with us and let us know sort of um, where you are at in your individual situation. Because collectively, uh, we can uh, together um, be resourceful and uh, in resolving sort of the the battle of selling licences.
2: Now, for the people that wouldn't be aware of the consequences there are huge jobs at risk here and the income as well that comes from tree felling.
7: Yes, very definitely, right from the craft industry um, through to sort of, the fellow that puts the roof in your house. And we would have heard even from sort of, some of our MEPs whom we would have spoken to sort of, before Christmas um, that even themselves couldn't get enough timber sort of, for roofing uh, during the summer of 2020. So that's the kind of shortage that's there. And it is affecting, yes, that means that uh, you have a a construction industry that are limited in what they can do. Okay, we're limited by where we can go and what we can do with the pandemic at the moment. But all these things we can actually sort of find resolution to if we are willing to sort of come together and work as one unit to one resolve with one voice. And there are, yes, between twelve and fifteen thousand sort of jobs um, in in crisis and at risk care. Everything from sort of people in administration uh, to sort of out on the ground contractors, nurseries, everyone.
2: Dr. Catherine O'Donoghue, Chief Executive of the Cork based Forest Owners Cooperative Society. That was the issue of timber felling licenses. We look at the other issue, the spread of ash dieback disease, in the programme again next Saturday. IFA has launched an upgraded website, ifa.ie. It was rolled out on Wednesday, January 6th, the day on which the IFA was founded in 1955. 2020 resulted in considerable change in the IFA's digital audience, and the new website is a direct response to this. Last year, individual visitor numbers increased by almost 50%. Farmers aged 55 to 64 are the largest user group of IFA.ie. 60% of users access the site from smartphones, up from 54% on the previous year, 2019. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden, who has special responsibility for farm safety, is highlighting the significant number of fatalities on Irish farms in 2020 as a result of workplace incidents. There were 19 fatal incidents on farms in 2020, three of these being children under the age of 18, and nine were farmers aged 65 or more. Minister Hayden says the level of farm fatalities and the number of incidents on farms across the country is unacceptably high. Farming accounts for nearly 50% of all workplace fatalities, despite accounting for only 6% of the workforce. In wishing everyone a Happy New Year, Minister Hayden is also taking time out to ask people to be safe on their farm in 2021. A new accelerated capital allowance scheme has been launched in recent months to make essential farm safety investments more accessible to farmers. Proposals have also been sought on the the Innovation Partnership model to fund a number of community-led farm safety projects that will hopefully deliver some new and innovative solutions. In 2021, around 50,000 farmers are set to receive vital safety training and the revised HSA Safety Committee and its new working groups are in place. Tagus will address the practice of once-a-day OAD milking with a webinar on Thursday, January 14th, beginning at 10am. It's currently practised on about 200 Irish dairy farms, but interest is growing. It's seen as a viable option where labour is in short supply, where the farm layout results in long walks to and from the parlour, or where reducing the number of daily milkings is attractive from a lifestyle perspective. For more information and to register for the webinar on Thursday, January the 14th, visit tiagasc.ie.
3: In this week's issue of the Irish Farmers' Journal, news correspondent Hannah Quinn Mulligan highlights the continuing rural crime wave and offers suggestions based on Garda Síochána advice on how to safeguard livestock, machinery and other property from thieves targeting farms in rural Ireland. Farmers should secure gates, for example, with strong padlocks. Consider investing in CCTV installation, plus the provision of legally required warning signs that CCTV is installed in your farmyard, engrave air codes onto farm tools and machinery and report any and all thefts to the garda shikona. The journal feature reveals that trailer and cattle thefts, for example, have reached record levels. It's pointed out that over a thousand cattle were reported stolen or missing last year. Machinery dealers are reportedly discovering that the machinery being traded in for new equipment had been stolen up to ten years earlier and had changed hands multiple times. In many instances, stolen trailers are taken across the border into Northern Ireland and despite efforts by Garda Shircona on this side of the border and the PSNI in the north, farms remain easy pickings for many criminals, often due to lax security. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
2: Thanks again to John for co producing and contributing to our Farm Talk program this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening.
1: Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.